attention to the words when you sing them. Satan is vanquished and Jesus is king. Amen. Man, that's reason to declare that. Amen. Amen. Before you're seated, uh, I want you to take a moment. I want you to welcome those around you. It's okay to still shake hands at this point, but if you want to do a fist bump, that's fine. I understand. So just take a moment and welcome those around you. Good morning. You may return to your seats. Welcome to what's up, Hannah Banana. Welcome to Northside Baptist Church. Uh, well, I see you uh, made it on time, um, so it's good to good to see that. We'll see if others will make it uh, on time or not. So, uh, man, what a great day to praise the Lord. Are you thankful for the sunshine this morning? Amen. Amen. Several days in a row. That's probably going to change here in a couple days, but praise the Lord for that sunshine. If this is your first time here with us, I want to welcome you again to Northside Baptist Church. So thankful that you're here. Inside the bulletin is a place for you uh, to fill out some information about yourself. You can request more information about the church. There's also a place on the back for prayer requests. So if there's a way that you want us to pray for you, visitor or member, whoever you may be, you can fill that out and put that in the offering plate, and we will be praying for you uh, this week. Several announcements. Uh, again, I hope each and every week you read through the bulletin so you know what's going on. Uh, we have a, a shower uh, this afternoon at 2 o'clock in the Fellowship Hall for Miss Ruthie, so that's exciting. You want to be a part of that. 
Uh, yeah, big time tonight as well. We got the Awana Grand Prix. I'm excited. I'm 40 years old, and I've never been a part of a Grand Prix before. So I'm looking forward to it. I, I promise you Malachi's car will not win. I just promise you that. Uh, next year may be a different story, but not this year. Uh, senior friends are getting together this Tuesday at 11 a.m. Uh, you want to be a part of that. Uh, one other thing, I'm also really, really excited about this. At the end of the month, the last Sunday, actually on Saturday and Sunday of this month, our praise makers are going to be doing their play. So on the 28th at 5 o'clock, uh, we're having a spaghetti dinner. So there's a sign-up sheet out there. It's a $5 donation. Uh, you want to sign up for that. And if you listened to my sermon last week, I expect all of you to be here, at least for one of the performances as we support our children. Um, so there's a lot going on. It is also our month to emphasize the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. I'll say more about that offering in a moment. But maybe you're wondering, hey, okay, when I give, what is this money going towards? Uh, what are missionaries doing? And so there's a couple uh, doing some work in Cincinnati, and this is their story. My name is Kirk Kirkland, and this is the story, the hardest thing my family and I ever attempted. Uh, we were crazy enough to leave everything to move to Cincinnati to plant a church. My wife was nine months pregnant. We just had enough money to kind of pay the rent and survive and put food on the table. We only had just a few pieces of furniture. I remember we had a dining room table, a bed, and just somewhere to lay our, our child. We did not know one person who lived in the city. We didn't have a denomination. We didn't have a network behind us. We were very much on an island, but we were so compelled that we were um, following Jesus. And we advertised for our first service on uh, Easter of 2013, and 66 people from the city showed up on that very first day. I got counsel from another pastor who had made a similar journey, and he says, have you ever heard of North American Mission Board and support what you're doing of planting multiple churches? So we re-looked at what it meant to be to be a missionary. We realized that we didn't have to do it alone, and so we voted to plant another church and to join the Southern Baptist Convention. We said that let's do this again. What we've seen God do, God can do it again in the suburbs. And so we committed to planning the second church. Now we're a part of a wider community and family, and we know that we're better together. Um, the training that we've received is the way that we plant churches. When you give to missions, we plant the next church. We go to the next town, we go to the next village. And when you give, lives are changed, plain and simple. He said, as you give, lives are changed. So envelopes are located out there in the foyer. I want to encourage you to get an envelope if you have not already. And I want to encourage you to give. Now, I have been here now three months, and uh, I made my first mistake. It would be my first of many, but I set the goal at $2,000. Because when I talked to Kim last about last year, you guys didn't meet the goal. And so I thought, well, we didn't meet it. Why raise it? Let's go 2000 Well, that was a mistake. Because due to somebody's generosity this morning, we have already met and already exceeded our goal of $2,000. So if you haven't given, you cannot now say, well, goal's met, I don't have to give. No. Uh, we may raise the goal this week, and we may make it higher next week to, to fix my mistake. But 
Second that. There we go. All right, so it's done. It'll be done. It'll be changing the bulletin next week. So give. Give generously. Lives are being changed. Um, I remember one person saying, uh, we can't go to the nations fast enough. So God is bringing the nations to us. God's bringing the nations to us. More and more lost people are living in our neighborhoods and our communities than ever before. As you look at the front of the bulletin, 273 million of the 363 million people in America are estimated to be lost. Lostness is all around. We got to give and we got to go and we got to pray so that more and more people might come to faith in Christ. The scripture for this morning for us to pray through, to meditate upon is Psalm 5, verse 11. It says, but let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exalt in you. So for the next 45 seconds or so, next minute, just think through that verse. Pray through that verse, and let's rejoice in God this morning. Yeah. 
Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us. We know we've had a lot of rain here lately, but Lord, when it's sunshiny, oh my goodness, what a great day you've made. And we thank you for your grace, your mercy, and how you take care of us in every way. And sometimes we don't even see it, but we thank you. We thank you. And Lord, as we come to the part of the part of the uh, service today that we give back a little of what much you've given to us, Lord. We just pray that our tithes and offerings are pleasing and acceptable in your eyes. And Lord, we just pray that you'll be with Pastor Aaron today as he delivers your message. We pray that he boldly speak and that harps are open and receptive to your message. We ask these things in the precious and mighty name of Jesus.
Thank you for that, choir. Tracy, how many, just curious, I know we're about doing a children's sermon right now, but how many out here could testify, the more I know about Jesus, the more I love him? Anybody? Hey, I'm telling you, fantastic. Hey, um, well, listen up. I've got, I've got something, I, this is a, a demonstration, but I hadn't practiced it, so uh, we'll, see if it, we'll see if it works. Um, I've got a balloon somewhere around here. Uh, well, there's, there's a few of them. So, all right. Um, what happens if I blow into this balloon? They get bigger, right? Let's see if that works. Oh, that's that pretty big? Oh, man. I guess I'm going to have to try harder. Let's see. Mm. Let's stretch it out a little bit. Let's try a little. Let's try this again. Oh, it got a little bit, it got a little bit bigger, right? You know, this is why I'm glad that you're liking this because I wasn't sure how it was going to work out. So let's think about this. Let's think about this as your life, okay? Now, don't think too hard about it because I'm about to do something. All right. So if we think about this as our spiritual life, there are things that we can do to help us grow, right? What are some of those things that we can do to help us grow? Anybody got any ideas? It, it help us grow in our faith. Can we? Is there, is there a book we could read? Cat in the Hat, maybe? What what book can we read? I know, I like Cat in the Hat, too. The Bible, I do not like Fox and Socks, because that one's hard to read. But the Bible, yeah, so we can read the Bible, and we read the Bible. It helps us grow a little bit. Is there anything else we could do? What if we bow our heads and close our eyes? What is that? What, what, what are we doing there? Pray, all right. We could pray. All right, is there anything else we could do? Worship, like singing and clapping and playing music and oh yeah. Uh oh, it is big. What do I need to do? What's what's going on with this balloon? It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But you know the Bible says there's some other things we ought to do. It says it says we ought to we ought to serve. It says in, in Mark 16, 15, it says, go into all the world and proclaim the good news. We ought to serve. And if we think about it like this, so think about this balloon. If, if we grow by coming to church and coming to Sunday school and reading the Bible and worshiping, then when we leave, we ought to share some of that that we've learned with other people. Whew. And now we, we come back in and, and we worship again. We worship, and we pray, and we read the Bible. But if that's all we ever do, and we never go out and share the gospel, and we never serve the church, it could be bad. I tried. I tried. It wasn't going to work. Man, that's about all I got. But if, I, if we kept going, if we kept going, it would explode. Now, that's just... Woo, there it went. See? God does things we don't even know sometimes. All right. It's not good. I had a professor one time. He said that people that just come to church and never serve, never give, they all they do is come and take, 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 and they never, they never go out and share the gospel. He had a word for them. He called them, he called them pew pigs. Because they just come and sit and just and just take in and take in and take in and never share. 
And we don't want that to happen. We don't want pew pigs. We don't want exploding balloons. We want people that come in. You, you understand? We read the Bible. We worship. We pray. But we also serve. And so you, you might be thinking, well, how can I serve them just a kid? I promise you there's ways that, that you can serve. You can give. Even if it's small ways. You can smile at people. You can hug them. You can, you can tell people Jesus loves you. So look at me. I don't want any of you to blow up, right? I do want you to come in and, and, and learn about Jesus, but I also want you to figure out ways to serve others. Can you do that? All right, one of you can, two of you can. All right, fantastic, yes. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for these little children who are here. Thank you that um, we can come to church and learn about you, and we can worship, we can open up your word, we can grow. But God, it is, it is such an amazing thing to also be able to give, to serve. In fact, Jesus said it's better to give than receive. So Father, help us to look for ways to serve others. Look for opportunities to tell people about Jesus. It's in his name I pray. Amen. Stand again. Oh, how I love Jesus. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its words. It sounds like music in my ear. The sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. It tells me of a Savior's love who died to set me free. It tells me of his precious blood, the sinner's perfect plea. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. It tells me what my Father hath in store for every day. And though I tread a dark some path, yield sunshine all the way. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. It tells of one whose loving heart can feel my deepest woe, who in each sorrow bears a part that none can bear below. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, <coughs> oh how I love Jesus because he first loved me. standing in honor of the reading of God's word. If you have your Bibles, please turn to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2 verses 12 through 14. The message this morning is entitled Grow in Fellowship. Grow in Fellowship. So 1 John chapter 2 beginning in verse 12 reading through verse 14 you'll notice uh, repetition here. I think it is by Design. I am writing to you, little children, 
because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I am writing to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you young men because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you children because you know the father. I write to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. Let's pray. Father God, my prayer this morning is simple. It is first that you and you alone will be glorified. Secondly, it is that your people, oh God, will be encouraged through these verses. I believe that was the intent here as you inspired John to write was to encourage your people, those who have fellowship with you, to encourage them. And the Lord, lastly, if anyone here does not know you, they are lost, dead in their sins. They would come to believe in the name of Jesus and be saved today for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, amen. You may be seated. 2011, we moved to Florida, and when we moved, we began to rent an apartment, and that apartment had a pool. And Landon was four and a half years old at that time, and we figured, hey, we'll spend a lot of time at the pool, so our kid needs to learn how to swim. And so, you know, you think about a little kid trying to learn how to swim. They start out in the kiddie pool, right? They're just hanging out in the kiddie pool with all the other little kids. It's really shallow. I, I guess you could drown, but it'd be a work to be able to do that. But, all right, you're in the kiddie pool. Then you move to the shallow end, but you got the swimmies on or some kind of floating device. And, and then some kids pick it up naturally. Other kids got to do swim lessons. So I remember we put Landon in some swim lessons and... Uh, Right, they begin to learn to swim, but they're confined to the shallow end. They're still close. Some kids, that are, if they're tall enough, they can just put their feet down, and that way they, they can get their confidence back up, or they can swim to the wall, or it's, it's closer for people to grab onto them. So they're confined to the shallow end. But eventually, as you take higher level of swim lessons, you advance from the shallow end to the deep end, and you begin to go deeper into the water, and you begin to learn how to swim. And then eventually, maybe you get the courage to get up on a diving board, and eventually soon you're just kind of getting to the edge, and you're a little nervous, and finally you jump off. And as you get more comfortable, you start diving, and then some of you daredevils would start doing flips and all kinds of stuff. I was not that kind of person. Uh, but some of you would do that, right? And so what happens is you go from the kiddie pool to enjoying the entire pool as you mature and grow and learn how to swim. Now, it is cool for kids to hang out in the kiddie pool. It is not cool for adults who don't have kids to hang out in the kiddie pool, right? You have advanced beyond this level. You do not get to be in the kiddie pool any longer. Why? Because we're not kids anymore, right? We have grown up. One essence of life is growth. We grow. We go from babies to adults. We go from crawling to walking. We go from babbling to talking. We go from baby food to steak. Amen? Like we can advance. We go from the kiddie pool to the big pool. We go from the kids' table at Thanksgiving to the adult table at Thanksgiving. Unless you're like me and you'd rather sit with the kids at Thanksgiving, right? Then you continue to sit there. We go from living in our parents' house, maybe in the basement, to eventually moving out. Amen? Right? Your kids, they move out. It's the, the progression of life. We grow. We mature. The same 
should be said for us as Christians. We grow in Christ-likeness. We grow in our fellowship with God. He's already alluded to this idea of, of fellowship or being in Jesus. So you look at 1 John 1, 3, it talks about the fellowship that we have with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Chapter 2, verse 5, right? It says the last part of verse 5, by this we may know that we are in him. So this idea that we're in, we have fellowship with God, right? Verse 6 says, but whoever says he abides in him, remains, dwells, lives in him. So we have this idea of this fellowship with God that we are to grow in. So let me just kind of give you uh, the big idea, the structure here. You should have noticed the repetition as I was reading through it. Um, he says, I am writing to you three times. And then he says, I write to you three times. And he addresses uh, some different groups. Now, um, I probably read through six or seven commentaries this week, and it was probably an even split as to how they saw these, these three groups identified. One train of thought is when John says, I'm writing to you little children, he's addressed, like chapter 2, verse 1, he says, my little children. Little children is referring to all believers. And so then when he says young men and fathers, he's only referring to two categories, young men and fathers. The other train of thought, which is where I tend to fall, is that he's actually referring to three groups. Yes, he addresses all Christians as little children in other places in John, but in this context, he's really talking about spiritual maturity. So when he talks about little children, young men, fathers, he's not talking about their physical age. I don't think by saying little children, young men, fathers, he's excluding all of you ladies, like, you're, well, I don't have to listen to the message today. No, I think what he's showing for us is there is a progression Physically, yes, but for our case, spiritually. And that's where I hold. That you and I are to develop spiritually, and there are different stages in that development. We go from babes in Christ to mature Christians. I think what John is doing here, and what I want you to take away from this this morning is this. I want you to be encouraged wherever you are in that fellowship. Wherever you are. Whether you would say, I'm a babe in Christ, I'm a young man or woman in Christ, or I'm a mature believer in Christ, wherever you are, I want you to be encouraged. Paul uses different language. Paul uses 1 Corinthians 3.1, babes in Christ. Colossians 1.28, mature in Christ. John uses little children, young men, and fathers. So let's just go through this here in order. First of all, notice the little children. The little children. And he addresses them in two sections, right? So verse 12 says, I am writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. And then if you drop down to the last part of verse 13, it says, I write to you, children, because you know the Father. So here's where we are up until this point. John has come out swinging. He has come out hard against the false teachers. Those who are claiming to have fellowship with God, yet they're denying Christ as Lord. They're living in sin. They're not keeping the commandments, and they're hating their brothers and sisters. So John has come out hard. He's come out swinging. And I think what he does here is he takes a break. It's like he's pausing to now encourage us as believers. 
Because maybe the last two weeks, maybe, maybe you've left here a little discouraged. Right? Because I've talked about, hey, you're to keep the commandments of God. And if you're like me, well, you don't keep all the commandments. So maybe you've left here thinking, well, man, do I really know God? Because I'm not doing a great job of keeping his commandments. Or maybe last week you left here. My dad texted me last Sunday after he watched the sermon. He said, man, Aaron, that was a hard sermon. He said, because most of us have had issues or are currently presently, we have issues with somebody. Like most of us can't just say, hey, I love everybody. Everybody's been good to me. And so maybe we wrestle with that. And so maybe last week you left here a little discouraged because you're frustrated or upset or maybe you've hurt somebody. And so the temptation may be for us to be discouraged, but that's not what John wants to happen. Yes, he wants the false believers to know, hey, you're not a believer, but he wants us to be encouraged. And so he wants us to be strengthened, and that's what he does. Notice what he says. I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. What a better place to begin than right here. Right? You and I are children of God because we have been born of God. And when we are born of God, God forgives us of our sins. It says you are forgiven. That occurs in the perfect tense. Let me remind you that's an action that takes place in the past that has abiding or ongoing results. John Stott writes, they have been and they remain forgiven. Church, this is so important for you and I to understand. John is giving us these three tests, right? Social test, moral test, doctrinal test. And he's reminding us here that we don't do those things to be forgiven. We do those things because we have been forgiven, amen? You believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, because He has forgiven you of your sins. And you come to know Him more and more, and you cling to that. You want to love other people because you have been forgiven, because God has loved you. And you want to keep the commandments of God because He has set you apart to keep them. It's because He's done this, because our sins have been forgiven, that we now want to live this changed, transformed life. John says, we are forgiven. Notice what he says. Forgiven for his name's sake. You're forgiven because of Christ, period. You're not forgiven because of your merit or because of your worth or because of your church attendance. You are forgiven for the sake and the name of Jesus Christ. Nothing in my hand I bring simply to the cross I cling. Your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. This is an elementary teaching or a doctrine that new believers in Christ come to know. Maybe this is the first thing they come to know. God loves me and he has forgiven me of my sins. And then he goes on to say in verse 13, I write to you children because you know the Father. New believers in Christ are often so exuberant in their faith. Let me say that again. New believers in Christ are often so exuberant in their faith. I love it. Somebody comes to faith in Christ. And all they want to talk about is what? Jesus. That's all they want to talk about. All they want to do is read the Word of God. Like they walk in here with smiles on their faces. And we're like, yep, that's a new believer. Just give him some time and it'll lose the smile, right? They're coming in. They're, they're excited. They're fired up. They're ready to go. They're exuberant. And I love that. Why? Because they've learned their sins have been forgiven and they can know this God, the Savior, Jesus Christ. So let me encourage you. 
those of you who are newborns in Christ. Now listen, my job this morning is not to identify where you are in your spiritual growth. That's between you and the Lord. Some of you are newborns in Christ, and it doesn't matter what age you are. You could be 10, and if you just came to faith in Christ, you're a newborn. You could be in college, and if you've just given your life to Jesus, you're a newborn. You could be 75 years old, and if you give your life to Jesus, you're a newborn in Christ. It doesn't matter what your age is. So if you consider yourself to be, hey, I'm new to Christ, a, a week, a year, maybe two years, you still feel like you're a newborn in Christ, let me encourage you, keep seeking Jesus. Keep seeking Jesus. And I plead with you, don't ever lose the wonder that God would save a wretch like you. Don't ever lose the wonder that when you read about the forgiveness of sins, you begin to say, huh, I've heard that before. No, but every time you're reminded that God has forgiven you, rejoice in that. Don't lose the wonder. Let me encourage those of you who have known Jesus for a while. Don't view new Christians as just a number or a prospect. Don't say, hey, that's another baptism. That's another number. Check for us. Don't view them as just a number. Let me also encourage you. Somebody gives their life to Jesus, don't become skeptical and critical of them. There's enough of the criticalness in the world. Don't become critical of them. Just trust and believe that God is doing a work in them. Like when you hear people like Kanye West coming to faith in Jesus, I know it's easy for our first reaction to be critical. I watched a video a couple weeks ago of Justin Bieber. Y'all know Justin Bieber, right? Talking about how he has known God for a long time, but just recently has he really begun to understand what it means to be forgiven of sins and to walk with Jesus. It is easy to be critical of that. Listen, time will tell whether that's genuine or not. That's not my place nor your place to judge. If somebody comes to faith in Christ, applaud, rejoice, celebrate, and encourage them, amen? Sometimes we're the most critical people, us Christians who have been Christians for a long time time because we've seen it all we've seen people come to jesus and the next week they don't show up man let's applaud let's encourage let's see them continue to grow in jesus and when necessary warn them there's a lot of dangers out there for new believers and yes they need somebody to lovingly come aside them and say hey be careful of this watch out for this but we we do that as well but we encourage them he then addresses another group you go from one spectrum to little ones in Christ, the newborns in Christ, who he then speaks to the fathers. And he says this, I am writing to you fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. Verse 14, he repeats it. I write to you fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. All Christians, whether you are mature or immature, have come to know God. But over the years, our knowledge of him grows. Over the years, our knowledge of him grows intellectually. We should learn more of him intellectually, but our knowledge of him also grows experientially. As we begin to trust him and experience his grace and forgiveness more and more. And we can say, we have known him who is from the beginning. We have known the eternal one, Jesus Christ, and we have come to fully trust him. The mature believer has progressed into a deep communion with God. They begin to know the depth of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge 
of God. We grow in our trusting of Him. This isn't in my notes, so I'm just going to add it anyways. Um, Because I've been thinking about this, right? The the virus that's going around. It's everywhere. Listen, young people in Christ, those who are just learning about Jesus and learning to put their faith in Him, right? they they may get scared about these things. It may cause them to get anxious and to be worried and to kind of freak out. But for those of us who are mature in Christ, as we grow in our faith, we learn to trust Him more and more and more. I heard a song this week I'd never heard before, and I love these two lines. He was faithful then, he'll be faithful now. If you look back upon your life in the good times and the great times, if you believe God was faithful then, then you have to believe in the midst of uncertainty, he'll be faithful now. So church of all people, we've got to be people who don't panic, who don't freak out. Yes, we're concerned. Yes, we want to, we want to love on those people and, and be wise with, with what we wash in our hands and things like that. But ultimately, our faith is in Jesus And we learn that as we grow more and more in relationship with Him. Mature Christians ought to know better. We ought to know better. I don't think it was the mature Christians in the faith who were running after these false teachers. Mature Christians ought to hear false teaching and say, that's false. I know who Jesus is, that's not biblical. Right, mature believers ought to know better. We ought to know we're to keep the commandments of God and love God and serve Him. Mature Christians ought to know that we're to love brothers and sisters. We know that because we've learned that. Infants in Christ, they don't know all of that yet. So we love them and teach them and we continue to grow. I read a quote this week, um, and it goes right along with what BJ said with with the kids um, about our maturing and then our telling others about Jesus. Here's the quote. Being a man doesn't make us a father. Having children makes you a father. Being a man doesn't make us a father. Having children makes you a father. So here's John talking about the fathers in the faith. And I believe ultimately he's talking about those who have come to trust and know God more. But I want to add to that. As we think about Jesus' commission that we are to go make disciples, a father or a mother in the faith, becomes a father and a mother in the faith, I believe when they start reproducing. When you become mature in your faith, you can't help but go out and tell others about Jesus. You can't help but go make disciples. Because now that you're mature in your faith, you want to help the younger in their faith. You want to go tell those who don't know Jesus how they can come to Jesus. And you're making disciples. And before long, you've got a path, a trail, people coming behind you that you have poured in and invested. And they see you as a spiritual father or a mother because you are mature in the faith. A sign of maturity is we begin to take our faith We begin to share that more and more and more with others. And then he addresses the third group, the group that's kind of in the middle. Verse 13, I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. Then he says there in the last part of verse 14, I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. Here you have uh, uh, people, brothers and sisters in Christ, are growing, but they're still young. Notice what John says. They have overcome the evil one. That's what he says there in verse 13. They've overcome the evil one. Verse 14 tells us how. Because you are strong. 
He's not talking about physical strength. If he's talking about physical strength, I'm in a lot of trouble because I'm weak. He's talking about spiritual strength. They've overcome the evil one because they're spiritually strong. How are they spiritually strong? Look what he says. And the word of God abides in you. Young men and women of the faith are marked by an understanding of Scripture truth. One sign that we are maturing is when we begin to study and understand the Word of God more and more. Jesus, when tempted by the evil one, Satan, in the wilderness, what did he do? Cited Scripture. He just kept going back to the Scripture. Here's a couple of verses that will appear on the screen. Psalm 119, verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your what? Word. Psalm 119.11, I have stored up your what? Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Colossians 2.7, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him. Rooted, right? We go, we go deeper. We're grounded in the Word of God. And as we're grounded in the Word of God, then we become built up. Then we begin to grow. The Word of God must be central to your life if you are to grow in spiritual godliness. And the Word of God abides in you, and look at this great promise, and you have overcome the evil one. You and I are in a constant battle against evil. A constant battle. You learn this the longer you walk with Jesus. Look what Ephesians 6.12 says. Ephesians 6.12. There we go. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. You have an enemy. Hear me. Your problem is not other people. Your problem is not other people. Your problem is not ultimately your spouse. Your problem is not ultimately your kids. Your problem is not ultimately a government or your neighbor or a coworker. Your ultimate problem is there is an enemy who wants to destroy your spouse, who wants to destroy you, who wants to destroy the church, who wants to destroy the government, who wants to destroy all people. Our enemy is Satan. And when we forget that, we turn on each other. You become my problem. I'm your problem. No. Yes, because of sin, we become an issue, but we're not ultimately the problem. Satan is the problem. And look what, G look what the Word of God says. And you have overcome the evil one. Young men and women in the faith are those who can go from, I've been forgiven of my sins, to now they're learning that they're walking in freedom from the power of sin. It's not just my sins have been forgiven but this sin that's been forgiven has also been paid for, and I'm delivered so I can be free from it. We begin to pursue Jesus more and more. See, we are fighting daily against the enemy, but victory is assured. The power of sin is broken. So let me encourage you for a minute. If these last couple weeks you left here discouraged, let me encourage you. 
If you left here two weeks ago thinking, man, there's sin in my life and, and, I, and I hate it, but I'm still, I'm still committing sin. I must not know Jesus. I'm not following Jesus. Or if you left here last week thinking burdened because there's an issue going on in your life and a relationship with somebody else, can I encourage you? That is sign of spiritual life in you. Because unbelievers and lost people aren't lying awake at night worried about their sin. They're not leaving church concerned about, hey, I just sinned against God again. Lost people probably aren't too concerned about the fact that they hate somebody or they're hated by people. The fact that that burdens you is evidence of spiritual life in you. It's evidence that God is at work in you if you can recognize, I hate this sin. Now, Jesus, deliver me from this sin. David Jackman writes, to know that we have been rescued from the devil's grip and that he has no power over us is part of the glorious assurance that God wants to give to even his newest children. So hear me. First and foremost, man, I want you to be encouraged. Be encouraged today. Your sins have been forgiven. Amen? Be encouraged today because through Jesus you know God. Amen? Be en- Amen? There you go. I know I asked you to do it back to back. You're like, what is happening here? Be encouraged today because when you leave here, you know you've overcome the evil one. Amen? We know this because of who Christ is. So be encouraged. But I can't let you leave without challenging you, challenging you just a little bit. So here's the question for you as we bring this to a close. Here's the question. Are you growing? Are you growing in your walk with Christ? Because that's the assumption of Scripture that you'll grow. 2 Peter 3.18, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 4.10, love one another. And then he goes on to say, do this more and more. Love one another, but you can do it more and more. You can grow in your love for others. 1 Corinthians 13.11, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Are you growing? Stephen Cole writes, wherever you're at in your Christian walk, God wants you to be encouraged by his grace so that you will grow more and more. So hear me, be encouraged. Wherever you are, infant in Christ, a young man or a young woman in Christ, or a mature father or mother in Christ, wherever you are, be encouraged and grow more and more. But hear me, don't become complacent in your walk. Don't become complacent in your walk. Here's the reality. Either you're going forward or you're going backward. Either you are growing or you are dying. No one stays the same. If you are not becoming more like Jesus, then you are becoming more like the world, which John will address in the next verses that follow this, that we're not to love the world. So are you becoming more like Jesus. The key to spiritual health is fellowship with the Son of God. So let me close with an illustration. Think about this on terms, first of all, of a physical level. Because we get this, we get this physically. So uh, your child comes up to you and your child says, uh, hey, Daddy, man, I want to be just like you, Dad. I, I want to I grow up to be as tall as you. I want to grow up to be as big as you. I want to grow up to be as strong as you. Dad, how do I do it? Dad, how do I grow up to be big and strong like you? How many of you would look at that kid and say, well, here's what, I, here's what I want you to do, son. I want you to go to your room, and for the next hour, all I want you to think about is getting bigger. Just meditate. I want to get bigger. I want to get bigger. 
I want to get bigger for an hour. Or, or he says, and then the next day, I just want you to, every morning when you wake up, I just want you to stretch your neck out. Just stretch real big every day, right? And you'll get bigger. No, we wouldn't do that, right? That's laughable. What would you do? You'd probably say something like this. Well, son, all you got to do is eat right. Just eat well. Right? Eat your Wheaties in the morning. Eat the, the green vegetables. Eat well. Keep healthy. Don't sit there on your phone all day long. Get, turn off the PlayStation. Get outside. Play. Be active. And get sleep. Get a good night's rest every night. And you know what's going to happen? If you eat right and you exercise and you sleep right, what's going to happen? Naturally, you're just going to grow, right? It just takes place naturally. Same thing can be said spiritually. You just don't get to sit around. We don't just get to sit around and think about, okay, God, I want to grow. I want to grow. I want to grow spiritually. No. If you want to grow spiritually, then start eating right. Start eating right. Feed on the Word of God. Feast upon Jesus Christ. If you want to grow, get in the Word. And as you get in the Word, what's going to happen? You're going to grow in your knowledge and your understanding. So eat right. Rest. Rest. I don't mean get plenty of sleep, though that's good, and I'm going to take a nap today because I lost an hour, right? But you need to rest in Christ. Rest in what Jesus has done for you. Rest in the promises of God. So when things like this virus begin to happen, you say, no, I'm not going to fret. I'm going to rest. I'm going to trust. He's never failed me. He won't fail me. I'm going to rest. And then we exercise. We exercise. We gather to worship. We, we pray. We begin to serve him. We begin to obey his commandments. We begin to proclaim him to everybody that we come in contact with. Church, you know what's going to happen? If you begin to eat and rest in Christ and begin to serve him and obey him and keep his word, you know what's going to happen? It's an amazing thing. You'll grow. You'll grow from that little child in Christ to that young man or woman in Christ to that mature father or mother in Christ. But hear me. You will not grow apart from this word. and You will not grow apart from trusting in the work of Christ over and over and the spirit of Christ who indwells in you. So first and foremost, be encouraged. Be encouraged. Wherever you are, keep growing. And if there's anyone in this room who does not know Jesus Christ, you're not a child of the faith. You say, well, where would I would be on that spectrum? You're not on there. You're lost. You're an unbeliever. And you need to be born again. You need to confess your sins and you can receive the forgiveness of sins that we have experienced. And you take hold of Jesus and you say, Jesus, forgive me, a sinner. And he will save you. And you will become a babe in Christ. And our commitment to you is then to help you grow in your walk with Jesus. So give your life to Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ here today, Lord. And God, wherever they are, uh, uh, from a babe in Christ to a mature follower of Christ, uh, Lord Jesus, if you will just encourage them, God, just to keep pursuing, keep trusting in you, keep following after you, God. We praise you for who you are. Lord, speak to us now as we go into this time of invitation, as we sing several verses of this hymn. Lord, may we just seek your face. God, first and foremost, as I said, encourage our hearts this morning, but then challenge us to keep growing in our walk with you. We love you so much. Thank you for forgiving us our sins.
Speak to us now as we worship in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand, and we're going to sing uh, the, the hymn that will appear. Marvelous grace of our loving Lord, and our guilt yonder on Calvary's mount outpoured. There's where the blood of the Lamb was spilled. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will Another verse. seated. Let me make one announcement and then got some really exciting news to share with the church. I uh, already made a lot of the announcements. Our Disciple Now weekend is, is coming up. It's going to be this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So number one, be in prayer for that. Be in prayer for our students. But BJ needs one more male leader. Uh, is that correct? All right, so do that. Uh, really, really excited uh, about that. So, uh, Miss Elena, can you come up here with me? I know they're filling out some information. Everybody in here probably knows who this sweet, precious girl is. You got, we got to look out here so you got to see all their faces. This is a lot of fun, isn't it? This is Miss Elena Hilton, right? Miss Elena, how old are you, Miss Elena? She is seven years old. So several months ago... Uh, maybe you saw this on Facebook because her mama shared it, because why would you not? Because it's like the greatest news in the world. This is the kind of news we like to share on Facebook. So Miss Elena, several months ago, uh, asked Jesus Christ to come into her life, um, gave her life to Jesus, and she is now a follower of Christ. And so she's coming forward this morning because she wants to share that news with you. 
And then in about a month or so, uh, she's going to be baptized. And so we'll get, to, we'll get to experience that. So this is a perfect example, right, of what we just talked about. What we have here is a babe in Christ, a little child in Christ. And it is our responsibility, along with her family, to pour into her to help her to become a mature follower of Christ. So if you are excited for Miss Elena's decision to make Jesus Lord and Savior of her life, will you say amen and then clap for her? Amen. 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 Awesome. You can be seated right there, girl. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. I love it, man, when people, especially kids, even adults, give their life to Jesus Christ. There's nothing greater than that. So what I want you to do before you come shake the staff's hands is to come by and just let Miss Elena know, hey, I'm praying for you. love you. I'm going to encourage you. Let her mama know that too, uh, that you just rejoice with them. If you've been there, there is no greater joy in this world than seeing your children come to faith in Christ. There's no greater joy. So we rejoice uh, with them. Mr. Carey is our deacon of the week, so he is going to come and he's going to dismiss us with a word of prayer. So if you will stand and we will...